0: is a straw in the wind evening uh, There are many straws in the wind, and uh, we would like to uh, take a look at what's happening in uh, existence today. Are you feeling stronger these days or weaker? I mean, you know, stronger. Well, that's a dangerous feeling. And many a guy who's felt strong has gotten one right below the left eye. Just at the moment he felt his strongest. You agree, Herb? so you got to be careful of that. Uh, do you feel more, uh, let's say, uh, more omniscient today than you ever did, or do you feel less omniscient? I mean, you know, wouldn't it be so, uh, something if, if a pollster actually asked real questions instead of, uh, do you approve of Murchison for Congress? If so, why? <laughs> If, you know, if the guy came up and he says, uh, this is a uh, Harris poll, and uh, we're uh, trying to get the pulse of the nation, and uh, of course your name will not be used in this, but we hope that you will be utterly truthful. Oh, you see, yeah, okay. All right, uh, here's our first question. Uh, are you uh, more or are you less bug today than you usually are? So what was that? So are you more or are you less bug today than uh, you usually are? So well, uh, <laughs> it depends on how you mean it. I mean, uh, you know, being bugged uh, is a very personal thing. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I had an unbelievable date last night, and it was just a bummer of the worst order. Yes, I'm I, I, honestly yes, I'm more bugged today than I usually am. Yes, put me down for that. Yes, more bugged. Very good, thank you. Uh, next question now: Do you today feel more or less omniscient than you have in the past? Well, omniscient let's see what, what do you mean by omniscient uh, omniscient I, I guess you mean uh, the ability to uh, see through walls and leap over buildings and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, to, to come to unbelievably great conclusions and to know everything is that what you mean uh, yes yeah, so roughly that is the definition of omniscient yes well uh, now that you ask it yeah I, 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 I do I, I'll tell you I'm coming to the point where my full powers are being uh, are being uh, coming into play Mr. Harris my full powers are coming in and uh, I am feeling more omniscient yes I can I can see through almost anything these days them phonies try to lay that stuff on me and <laughs> they can't fool me well, yeah, I'm watching this commercial on television <laughs> and it shows these two ladies they're trying out these these towels you know <laughs> one towel <laughs> falls apart in their head and the other one you know they put cups on top of it oh, you don't think I'd believe that do you all right, I'll put you down. That's more omniscient. That's a uh, very shrewd insight, uh, Mr. X. Uh, one more question. Uh, do you believe that you're going to hell or you're going to heaven when you finally shuffle off this mortal coil? Well, <laughs> that's... Uh... If I may coin a phrase, that's a hell of a question. <laughs> kind of funny, wasn't it? Well, uh, actually, uh, 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 you're, you're, you're supposing then uh, in that point that uh, that uh, I'm going to shuffle off this mortal coil. I mean, you know, you're you're making an assumption like I'm going to die one day. Well, Mr. At this moment, I'm making a notation here. Uh, subject seems to believe in immortality. Uh, May I ask you a question then about that? Do you believe that you're going to last forever? That there always will be a Charles Wesley Bullard? Do you believe this? I mean, you know, for a thousand years, ten thousand, five thousand, two thousand, a hundred thousand years, there'll still be you walking around. Well, (laughs) you put it that way, (laughs) I don't think there'll be nobody walking around a hundred thousand years from now. (laughs) I, I just don't think there would be nobody. All right. Uh, an interviewer claims end of world is approaching. I see. Well, thank you very much. Those were very interesting answers to the question. And uh, I would uh, certainly uh, say that you're right there in the mean. You're right there with the rest of your fellow citizens. And by the way, that's a great feeling that, it, that I think we all love to have, is that we're right down the mainstream. Now, most people pretend they would love to be kind of uh, individuals, yeah. You know? independent thinkers. Let me say this, friend. Any independent thinker I have ever known spends most of his time being chased out of town, or at least chased out of his own crowd. I mean, you know, it's difficult to turn on your own crowds. Oh, come on, what do you mean? Yeah, it's a cockamamie idea. I mean, uh, let's face it. I mean, uh, you know, it's a cockamamie idea. It's very difficult to get to the basis of, of what you believe in. For example, you, on the one hand, you say to yourself, I hate commercials. Everybody says this. On the other hand, you somehow dig the lady plumber. And you somehow dig, uh, but especially you, you, you kind of enjoy the jolly green giant who lives in that valley <laughs> and hands down peas and onions in a delicious buttery sauce to the little people who live in that that uh, happy little valley. And is that a commercial or is it a concept? Speaking of commercials, that's a nifty new car. How much? Oh, super, including tinted glass? Oh,
1: disc brakes? Uh, white walls? Reclining buckets? How about an electric car? Don't let a lowball sticker price fool you. The true cost of a new car is the price the way you want it, not stripped. The Datsun 710 comes with all those extra standards, things other cars charge extra for. Plus, full carpeting, electric rear window defogger, full wheel covers, and lots more. And don't forget Datsun's great gas mileage, low maintenance, and
0: high resale value. Take a test drive in a Datsun 710 two-door sedan, four-door sedan, a hardtop, or the new five-door wagon soon. When you compare costs, true costs, you'll see that Datsun really does save. Yeah, get to know what the uh, true cost of a Datsun is. It's kind of interesting. Go to see one of the 56 Datsun dealers in New York, New Jersey, or the Fairfield County area. The true cost. How can you ever figure that? That 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 uh, that can actually be your soul. You're talking about true cost. Be careful. <laughs> you never thought of it that. You know, speaking of of uh, of. Uh, of the Harris Poll going out and asking actual questions like that. Can't you imagine the results of the poll appearing in the uh, post? It says, Harris Poll finds that 67.9% of the people believe they're going to hell, which means that uh, 19.7% of the people feel that they're on their way to paradise. 6% were undecided. Uh, 3% refused to give an opinion. <laughs> You know, 18.7% of the people believe they're more omniscient today than they were yesterday. Uh, are you or are you not more nervous than you used to be? Was <laughs> that for a great question? <laughs> or uh, do you uh, do you feel the urge to kill your fellow citizen more today than you used to? How are you gonna answer? It? That's that would you know that would be the kind of question that, that would really get right down to where the living ain't easy, and it is not summertime, and the birds are not singing, and the fish ain't biting. But uh, if you do if you do ask questions like that, how do you ever do you ever really pinpoint your own thoughts of things like that? I mean, you know, you you're walking along and and um, you find yourself saying, you ever find yourself saying something, and as you say it. There's another voice behind you saying, Are you kidding? Come on. What kind of... What kind of claptrap is that? You don't... Come on, Charlie. Why don't you... You You say, well... well, Oh, yes. This happens many times in elegant restaurants, for example. You go to a restaurant, you know, and uh, Luigi comes over with the menu, and uh, you can always tell, uh, the more elegant the restaurant, the bigger the menu, you know, the great big one. Some of them come now roughly the size of uh, old barn doors, you know, a great big restaurant menu with a gold leaf all over it. And be careful of any restaurant that they write the menu in purple ink in French. Uh, that's going They're going to shuck you like an ear of corn, I'm telling you. But nevertheless, <laughs> you, you sit there and you order something, and it comes. And you know it's, uh, it's $8.70 for starters, and that doesn't include Luigi's tip and all the rest of the stuff. Do you ever admit that it's not any good? Or or, uh, or are you always thrown with uh, the problem of people around you constantly complaining about something when you feel as if uh, you shouldn't complain? No, well, really... uh, it's difficult to know what you think I mean have you ever thought about your mind you know that there's a concept that the human memory is like a and and, and that's part of your mind you see if you can't remember the last time you fell down the stairs you tend to be careless about walking down stairs you see that logic in other words if you had a self-erasing thing in your head uh, like your mind was some kind of a of a tape recorder, and, and you could erase all of the bad news, <laughs> I mean, that you've ever had in your life, how, how would you be? Would you, uh, on the other hand, can you imagine if, if somebody came up to you and really asked you this question? You really think you're an intelligent person, right? And you say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never heard anybody say, no, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm really one of them dummies, you know. Uh, everybody believes he's intelligent. Everybody, by the way, everybody in the world believes he's got a sense of humor. I have never once heard somebody say in the elevator, Oh, you know, Charles, my problem, of course, is that I'm totally humorless. No way. Everyone believes he's got a sense of humor. So uh, if, if, uh, if a question were proposed to you, somebody came up to you and said, Look, you believe you're, you're an intelligent person and you have a very good education. You have studied hard and you got a B plus in Latin, correct? I don't like to brag, but... uh, God, I was pretty good with them (laughs) gerants. I I, I remember that. (laughs) Who is? Who is? Yeah, very good. Now, uh, okay, you're a very intelligent person, and you arrive at all your decisions by intelligent consideration of the facts. Is that correct? Why? Of course. uh, I'm not like a lot of people. I don't uh, vote... uh, Uh, emotionally I I consider the qualities of the candidate I I, uh, consider uh, his arguments and I consider very seriously uh, what this means in the total ramification factor (laughs) the total ramification factor regarding the uh, community as as a whole that's the way I vote I I, uh, simply just don't vote uh, uh, by slogans I don't believe in slogans you know I just don't okay Everybody believes this. I've never heard a guy say, hey, you know one thing about me, I sure buy slogans. <laughs> I like a good slogan. I'll you, that's, that's what I like. Like uh, uh, A good slogan. Let's see. Uh, a penny saved is a penny earned. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. You never, nothing ventured, nothing gained. That's a good one. Uh, it's a good one. Did you see them lining up in front of the bank on 48th Street the other day to get free gifts? put your money in the bank? Did you see that? Where do you guys live? Don't you see your life, your, your your time? I mean, somehow the idea of lining up before the bank to get a free gift has certain overtones. I'm not yet prepared to, to analyze it, but it has certain overtones. I love the word overtones. It means that there's more to that than meets the eye. Actually, it was just a bunch of people wanted to get a free toaster, <laughs> this is Wor New York speaking. of free toasters, but uh, while you're on the subject of uh, of uh, of the uh, mind and the, the way yours works, here's a here's a here's a question. You ever you know you know one of the great things about being in college is the fact that people sit around and argue about things like this. I have never heard the sales department argue about whether they're going to heaven or hell. And yet those same guys, you know, a couple of years before when they were in places like Dartmouth, would spend endless hours arguing about, hey, Charlie, have you ever thought what the meaning of it all is? What does it all mean? I mean, after all, what are we here for? You know this this is a great uh, argument that goes on in in the uh, college dorms do you ever remember when you're uh, you know you were a little kid and you'd lay on the day bed and you'd look up at the up at the uh, ceiling and all of a sudden it would hit you you'd have this great insight and it would say you know they talk about space right space well there's got to be something beyond space you remember thinking these things what well, do you ever think of them now you're just worrying about getting a parking place. I mean, that's another concept of space, of course, uh, <laughs> the infinite variables. But uh, while we're on the subject of this this uh, whole issue, can you imagine somebody coming up to you and saying, right now, he says to you, you're just the way you are this minute, that this uh, this scientist working for IBM has invented this unbelievable machine, this fantastic machine. You know, they can do anything with miniaturization, right? But that's one of the key words of today. That's that's like a magic word. Miniaturization is the same, say, as uh, the universal solvent was to the alchemists. You know what the universal solvent was, don't you? You don't. You mean you don't know these philosophical concepts? Well, all right, I'll tell you what the universal solvent is. (laughs) It sounds like Shepard's getting ready to sell a new detergent, right? (laughs) God, oh, what a detergent. Before we go any further, please. Today, we're in the Barnes & Noble bookstore, where you'll find,
1: among other things, a vast resource of how to get things done around the house books.
0: How to build your own patio. I think I'll buy this book for George. Maybe he'll take the hint.
1: So who needs an electrician, I said. All it takes is a little common sense
0: and the right book. Getting things done around the house is a lot easier when you have the right book. And Barnes and & Noble is a pretty good bet to have just the book you need. Whether you want to repair a TV, build a fence, refinish a table, or remodel a bathroom, we've got
1: a book that can help you do it. And Barnes and & Noble is also Green Thumb headquarters with a huge selection of gardening books. You'll find all this and more when you come to the Barnes and Noble bookstore at Fifth Avenue and 18th Street in Manhattan, the country's biggest
0: bookstore of any kind, and probably the most interesting. I know
1: the gardening book was my idea, but now he's growing mushrooms in the basement.
0: Barnes and Noble. And you thought we only sold textbooks. Oh, very good. No, I didn't think we only sold textbooks. That's making an assumption. I didn't ever I never thought about Barnes and Noble. To be honest with you shucks there it is displaying my ignorance again I suppose all those listener types out there say what a stupid sky is why anybody that's got any sense always thought Barnes and Noble only sold textbooks <laughs> well now we've just had a report from one of our listeners that she leaves all philosophical discussions to philosophy majors her major is English well now uh, now no, uh, Let's face one thing: English is the name of a language. You ever thought of it in those terms? It's the—it's also the name of a of a nationality, not a race, a nationality. Okay, we study English. Now, is is English a a tool or an end? It's an end, I suppose. To an English major, it is. <laughs> So now we've come to that conclusion. English is an end. There is a thing called pure English that says nothing, but it's magnificent English. Yes, I've read several of those. Uh, Yes, uh, I can can name name at least three writers who use the language like a vast uh, Wurlitzer organ in an ancient cathedral, but nothing comes out except a lot of loud, beautiful... Lovely notes and soft, subtle, lovely notes, but ultimately nothing is said. That, uh, in, in short, the English can become a, a cosmic system of weaving cosmic doilies. <laughs> and I've never found the real use for a doily. Have you heard? And uh, I'm not a, well, I don't want to offend the pro doily crowd out there, who obviously there must be nice ladies that make doilies. But, uh, yes, I had an Aunt Clara whose art form was the doily. And uh, you'd come to her house and there, was, there were doilies on everything. You know, you'd sit down in a chair and there's doilies all over it, you know. That's a great word, by the way, doily. I mean, if I, uh, you know, I, <laughs> oh, I can think of an endless number of terrible puns, like uh, uh, Charlie was pulling a doily cart. You don't get it. You don't get it. Oh well, see there, there you go. The English major doesn't get it. Don't you know who Doily Cart was? Well, you know who Gilbert and Sullivan was. Ah, yes. Uh, Being an English major, you certainly should. Indeed. Well, Doily Cart was the company that produced the Gilbert and Sullivan operas. How's that for erudition? basic knowledge but what, what would happen if, if seriously though now let's assume that we have so so uh, specialized our heads now that we do not consider contemplation of uh, let's say uh, areas that we do not specialize in and so if uh, let's say for example a philosophy major then must be concerned with uh, with such cosmic issues as life and death is that correct? Uh, is there a philo- yes there's a philosophy major and we're getting the report now from the philosophy department now uh, life and death is not then a thing that you should consider yourself with since you are an accounting major is that correct or an English major well I, my suggestion to uh, anybody out there who may be confused a bit as to what I'm trying to say is that all education is philosophy Boo! (laughs) The English major says, no, boo, boo. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm sorry, you'd have to go back to the original definition of what the word philosophy means then. If if philosophy, and I'm, I'm afraid this is what it's become in many ways, has become a study that has no relationship to life in itself, and is like stamp collecting, it's a study Philosophy is not a thing that, uh, that deals with uh, whether or not you're going to shoot your neighbor or uh, whether or not you're going to burn down Iowa. Philosophy has to do with study and getting a proper number of credits. It has to do with the thing which is said in caps, concepts. And another thing, schools of thought. Those are very important. And uh, I keep seeing these schools of thought like large groups of shiner minnows moving around in a vast pond all going in their own direction and uh, nobody stops to think that way down on the bottom of the lily pads is a big turtle that doesn't give a damn about what school the minnows from he's just sucking them up <laughs> so so uh, when you get into when you get into this uh, this concept you know you you could sit here for hours and debate now I would like to ask you a question if I may give me a little uh, philosophical music there Herb, uh, deep deep so tonight, as part of our vast public service programming, this uh, deeply concerned media outlet uh, takes uh, takes great pride and great pleasure in saluting man's eternal hunt for the meaning of it all. Now it's not often that you hear a major radio station salute the hunt for the meaning of true existence taking this opportunity to put out one minute spot on on behalf of the hunt for true existence. Yes, join the great crusade, M F T H, the hunt for true existence. Send your name and address to this station for a booklet, seven colorful pages profusely illustrated on the excitement of the hunt. Title Existence and How to Get More Out of It. Seven Easy to Understand Rules. With a foreword written by Godfrey Cambridge, one of the great philosophers of our time. So let's all sing together again. Forget Emmanuel Kant Down there in his little robot, going like crazy. And then of course, there's Nietzsche. And one certainly cannot forget what divergent forms. Basically, totally involving philosophy. The Marquis de Sade, for example, an offshoot. Well, your favorite subject, trigonometry, algebra, differential. substitute for talent and of course if you got it, you got it if you got it, you got it now sing together gang sing our anthem out clear and loud someday you'll own someday you'll you'll own sooner or later you'll own generals. (laughs) can't you hear Robert Goulet singing that Whether you drive a sports car, sedan, compact, scooter, or teeter-totter, General Tire has the tires that you need, the prices you can afford, even poor old scrounging you. Choose from steel-belted tires, glass-belted original equipment tires, with wide, raised, white-letter tires. Oh, they're fantastic. So uh, you'll see why people love these soft, round, beautiful tires. They're generals. Drop in and find out. In Plainfield, see the boys year at year 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 Plainfield year Service. Year. Yeah, and remember the song. Sooner or later, you generals.
1: Even with inflation, Italy still gives you the one thing every vacationer wants for his money. More. Peak restaurants, for example. There's one in Rome called Ambasciata d'Abruzzo. Their 12-course feast of ham, sausages, antipasto, pasta, roast, salad, cheese, fruit, coffee, cake, wine, and sambuca used to cost $5. Now, with inflation, it's all the way up to $6. Or you can eat where Hemingway ate, at the Piccolo Padre in Milan. Before inflation, its 22-course meal was $8. Today, it's $10, including all the wine you can drink. Alitalia has almost 50 different tours of Italy, and only Alitalia flies exclusively 747s from New York to Rome and Milan. What's more, there isn't a scheduled airline in the world that can beat our new low fares to Italy. For free assistance, call an expert, your travel agent, or call Alitalia and come to Alitalia's Italy, where you get all you ever dreamed of and more.
0: Alitalia, trade, you I'll tell you. I mean, what more elegant than elegant? I, I, I suspect now that uh, this is probably the most uh, most logical time to uh, sell you a uh, Alfa Romeo. Uh, this is to portray This is an elegant little machine, of course. Have you ever thought of the automobile as an extension of not your sexual desires or your desire to move across the world at a rapid rate, but your ego itself? I mean, the real way you think of yourself you know that there are some people who really get mad if other people like them because it shows how ignorant those other people are anybody with any sense would know what kind of a klutz you are i mean this is all deep down inside your head <laughs> so you tend to buy real klutzy looking things you surround yourself with them I mean, you, know, you see people who deliberately search out the most ugly clothes and they don't know it. You know, so, oh well, I like a burlap skirt that's uh, 17 feet across the bottom and has pockets for the ashes. You know, sackcloth and ashes. I like that. That's kind of nice. <laughs> oh, ugliness! thy name is Vanity. There is a legend in Italy that goes like this: The legend is an Alfa Romeo.
1: From the factory that believed great racing machines could produce great road machines, like the Alfa Romeo GT Veloce Coupe. A true Gran Turismo, with the initials GT built in, not pasted on, with body by Bertone and sold by Alfa Romeo. GT machine with double overhead cam aluminum engine and fuel-saving injection system. A GT machine with precision handling only racing could refine. With four-wheel disc brakes, race-proven suspension, and wide torque range engine. just drive the GT Veloce Coupe. You're
0: not driving a car, you're driving a legend for under $7,000. A lot, Jay. I mean, someone, I always have the, uh, the image in my mind of Sophia Loren hurtling through a, a peasant village in a blood-red Alfa Romeo with their hair streaming up oh. <laughs> uh, let's get back to uh, the mundane uh, by the way how many of you know that, uh, that uh, we all know various schools of philosophy of course uh, the, uh, the Nietzsche and the, the the Kantians and all that but how many of you know that the word mundane is from an actual person who discovered the beauty of mundanity did you know that the, that the word mundane refers to a person? You didn't know that. You've never heard of Johannes Mundane, which uh, he's a German philosopher of the late 16th century. It was later anglicized into Joe Mundane. Or Joseph Mundane, and he invented the the whole concept of of the of the belief. It, well, almost anything in uh, the mind is capable of believing is the ultimate good. You understand that? And he believed that uh, that ordinary boredom was the ultimate good of mankind. And he created a whole edifice on that. It was called mundanity or mundanity. So we're getting back to the mundane here. So this could be considered one of the more beautiful parts of the show. The food warehouse in Long Island City, uh, that's out in Queens, constantly causes a stir in the food industry because of the unique way they sell food and fantastic savings to the consumer. Well, listen to this, it says. A second food warehouse has opened in Carl Place, Long Island. The greatest opening in the history of the food business. Behind Macy's Furniture Warehouse on Glen Cove Road, 44,000 square feet of food. (laughs) What a picture in my mind. You can't buy. You can buy it at unbelievable savings. Don't miss the greatest savings on food at the food warehouse, Glen Cove Road in colorful Queens. Directly behind the lovely Macy's Furniture Warehouse. The Taj Mahal of the scoundrels. Uh, let's see here uh, <laughs> hey by the way speaking of, uh, of humor the uh, I don't know whether it was wh- whether it was uh, whether it was deliberate or not but there was a movie last night about a guy that was running for politics he was running for Congress see and boy was he a tin plated I mean all the way down the line you know they're working their way did you see it? okay did you notice that immediately after he went off two political spots came on uh, for local candidates and it looked exactly like the stuff that he was talking about in the film (laughs) may I use the correct word film I don't like to go against the grain of our time or do you prefer cinema or do you prefer erotic film to dirty picture which do you like you like dirty picture right well, that's what the boys at the Legion all used to say in order to get them in the wagon. You have to learn to to give an elegant phrase to your more base drives and desires. One cannot simply say, Hey, I like them pictures. No way. You must say, you know, that's magnificent composition and the lighting. Uh, I like the textural values, too. It's an important phrase, textural values. Don't forget that one. You can use that on almost anything. I mean, even eating Jell-O, you can say, oh, elegant textual value. And uh, you've said nothing. But then again, you've not offended the pro-Jell-O forces that you may be surrounded with. And they're always with you. And so, before we go any further, time for the following political announcement was paid for by the Robert Abrams from Attorney General Committee, Inc., Incorporated. Can you tell what I'm pouring? You probably can't. And you probably didn't notice the water that was diluting the milk millions of New Yorkers were drinking for more than five years. But you know something? New York State Attorney General Louis Lefkowitz did learn about it. But for almost a year, he didn't take any criminal action against the companies that did it. Even though that's his job. Now, we can't say
1: why Louis Lefkowitz was so slow in taking action. But we do know that the New York Times,
0: in an editorial called Tainted Milk, said... New Yorkers will hope that the tardy announcement by State Attorney General Louis J. Lefkowitz that he really is looking into possible criminal action in connection with a massive five-year milk fraud is not just a pre-election cover-up of what had seemed a gross breach of official responsibility. That's what the New York Times said. That's why we need a new Attorney General. Paid for by the Robert Abrams for Attorney General Committee, Incorporated. Yes, uh, time for the following political announcement was paid for by the Roust Out Them Rotten Rascals crowd uh, committee. Uh, <laughs> you know, I love the idea. I wish I were a really, a really dedicated rascal. Uh, and um, I really do. I, I, I'm, I, now, I'm not denying that there are rascals. Not at all. I, uh, I'm merely saying that I, I would love to join the ranks of the rascals. Just once. You know, I, I've always heard of Ida uh, talking about selling out. How many times have you heard this? You know, you're, you're, I'm never going to sell out. Ever. By God, I'm not going to sell out. The problem is that most people who say that have never been asked. Uh, they've never been given a decent offer. Uh, it's when the offers come that you start selling out. And uh, that, of uh, then, then you're not selling out. I am merely looking for a wider uh, stage upon which to... Uh, So, you know, uh, selling out is not an easy thing to avoid. Wouldn't you love to sell out? Can you imagine uh, opening up an office here on 47th Street and you could call it Sellout, Inc.? And uh, it's where people come to sell out. You know, this young ad executive who was starry-eyed and for years he, he, he fought against what they were trying to do to his pickle account at that Rotten crummy agency. He was trying to bring poetry to pickle commercials. Truth and veracity and beauty, and instead they always wanted to talk about that crispy, crunchy flavor. And so he <laughs> he goes down to the to the to the, uh, to the to the sellout company, and you have to fill out a form because you know you understand that selling out isn't just a simple process. It's uh, it's what Doctor Faustus did. Realize that. You better explain that to your English major. That uh, Goethe was not English, by the way. You know about him? How come you know about him? You're an English major. Gerritte was not English. No way. You mean Dr. Faustus was English, however? But Gerritte was... I see, I see. Very interesting. Well, Faustus, I don't know. I, I, that might be an English name. I'm not sure. But uh, what was the name of the girl in the case? We know about Dr. Faustus. How about this that, that lady that that, uh, that was the cause of all of his downfall? now you can't blame Mephistopheles for it it wasn't Mephistopheles because after all Mephistopheles uh, whole point in life is to get people to sell out right and so you cannot blame him when he succeeds that's his his uh, whole uh, uh, that's his whole reason for being raised on debt right so uh, who, who caused him to sell out was it a flaw in his soul ah there we go there we go we are all guilty we are all, we let Dr. Faustus down. Uh, that, me, that brings up another point here. We have another political commercial. Speaking of uh, Dr. Faustus, time for the following political announcement was paid for by the Friends of Memphis. No, no, no. Friends of the Governor Wilson team. Elect Governor Wilson, Governor.
1: Paid for by the Friends of the Governor Wilson team.
0: The New York Jets play host to the Los Angeles Rams Sunday afternoon. This is Dave Herman. You can hear all the live action over WOR radio beginning at 12.35, brought to you in part by Ryan Gold Extra Dry Beer. You'll like what you get from Ryan Gold. Oh, well, wow. that's a fun voice. Hey, listen, you know, I mean, all is said and done. You don't think for a minute that, that we all sit here and, and try to consider eternal concepts and ver- verities. Verities. No way. I, I would like to take this opportunity. Would you please, Herb, please? Give me my salute to the only true thing I've heard in years. Please. I would like to salute Walter Cornelius. And you don't know who he is, but you should know. He lives in Petersboro, England. Walter Cornelius has applied for 20 strong men to help pull back a mammoth slingshot. It's a rubber band slingshot, an enormous one, which he hopes will catapult him across the river Nen next month shot out of a slingshot he said for this occasion he would wear the same pair of wings with which he failed to fly across the 56 yard wide river in 1970 but by god Walter's coming back with a bigger slingshot now there's an existential concept to be shot out of an enormous cosmic slingshot across a historic river a river that shakespeare himself floated down while writing some of his better sonnets I mean, you could put it all together there. You see, you can see life as one vast kaleidoscopic mélange of badly, almost totally overexposed Kodachrome slides that keep. Uh, that's it. Bring it up. There you go. <laughs> you see how it goes? You just start getting to the nub of it. You just start getting right down. Your mind starts to grasp what the meaning of it all is, and damn it, it's too late too late. I suspect that the most, probably the saddest last words ever to be spoken by the tongue of man was spoken by a man who died in Belgium 17 years ago. His last words were recorded. They simply were, on the other hand, and he was gone. understand the meaning of that, don't you, or don't you? Oh, come on, meathead, will you stop eating all the food on the table and start thinking for once? The coin out loud. Get your head out of that damn TV guide and start thinking about life and all that things. But he You may be having trouble with your horizontal amplifier. That could be it. You think so? Well, you know those tubes get weak in time. That's the way it goes. That's why you're getting that flip-flop in your mind. Think you're beginning to lose a little good drive here in the final, one. Huh? watch out for them overload relays any minute now don't push it Fred. yeah this is WOR New York now you stay tuned for In Conversation